0: Happy Labor Day, everybody. This is a very special episode. This is going to be our first official uh, new episode with Liz Minichelle as our brand new full-time co-host. Really excited about it. We recorded this right after we decided that that was what was going to happen. And we're also doing a whole series of episodes all on crowdfunding, which is really exciting. So we're doing four episodes in a row all about crowdfunding with various crowdfunding campaigns, including... The crowdfunding campaign for my film, The Alternate, which will be launching in a few weeks, maybe two weeks, maybe three weeks, not exactly sure. Uh, but keep posted for that. And yeah, so this one is just Liz and I talking about crowdfunding. I'm asking her advice about what I should do for my film, how should I approach my social media, how should I go about building my campaign, which platform to go with, um pretty much narrowing it down to Kickstarter and Seed and Spark. And sort of getting her feedback on which one of those is the best for for my film and for, you know, going forward with, with filmmaking, crowdfunding campaigns in general. So this is a really great episode. If you're thinking about doing a crowdfunding campaign or if you want to know what it means to run a crowdfunding campaign, this is a fantastic episode. So, and just a reminder, if you haven't already, you can follow The Alternate Film on Instagram at The Alternate Film and on Facebook, The Alternate Film. And then on Twitter, we are Alternate Film 1 on twitter so check those out and i hope you enjoy this episode welcome to making movies is hard a podcast about the everyday struggles of being an independent filmmaker i'm mark russell
1: i'm liz manichelle
0: You were cut off there.
1: (laughs) Damn it! It's my first one and I was cut off. Oh, by the way, I'll just act real natural. I'm Liz Manichelle.
0: And this week we are doing a solo episode, but it's a very, very, very special solo episode because we are here to announce that Liz Manichelle is going to be the new full time permanent co host of Mickey Movies is Hard.
1: That's me! That's my new job. Yay!
0: (laughs) (laughs) I am so excited that this is happening. Um, I thought when uh, Timothy first left that it would be like, oh, yeah, pretty easy to find a co-host. And then it became very clear that it was actually very hard. Uh, Liz actually turned me down the first time just to guest co-host. Because I was scared?
1: Because it was (laughs) anxiety-inducing? (laughs)
0: Yeah, right. Uh, But, you know, it's like, and and she wasn't the only one. There's a lot. There's a lot of people who I asked to to do it who wouldn't do it. Um, And then it kind of became clear, like, oh, my gosh, just finding co-hosts is going to be hard enough. So let's just see how this goes. And then, you know, really lucky that Liz... Did a few episodes and it went well. And then, um, yeah, you know, I actually I have to give a shout out to um, Matt Enlow from Just Shoot It Podcasts because I was working with him a couple weeks ago and he was just like, hey, Ulrich, you should just make Liz Manischel your full time co-host. And I was like, yeah, if only she would ever do it, like I would have killed to have her be my co-host. And he's like, you should just ask her. And I was like, well, all right, good, fair enough. And then I did. And you said, yes.
1: (laughs) Uh, I've been muting myself, but I'm making like cartoon excitement face over here. Um, (laughs) And you did a really good Matt Enlo impression. Like he has got a very specific intonation when he talks and I think you (laughs) nailed it. So thanks Matt. Thanks Alrick.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it's one of those things where he just kind of, like, I don't know, he said the obvious, but I was like, yeah, I mean, but I, I just, you know, I didn't think to ask, because I know how busy you are and everything. But um, but yeah, no, I think it's a good lesson. And like, you know, just go for it. You know, you should just ask. And you never know what people's reactions are going to be to things you think would be difficult. But uh, anyways, we're here. We've got a new co-host. And my first question for you, Liz, as the new permanent co-host of Making Movies is Hard, is what do you want to do with the show? Do you like the way it is? Do you want to make some changes? Like, how do you see things uh, here at this, this podcast?
1: I mean, step one is for me to listen to episodes that I'm not on. Um, Because I mean, I've I've listened to like the episode you did with Matt and Oren, and I've listened to everything I'm on because I'm, you know, clearly egotistical. Uh, But (laughs) the goal is to listen to other episodes where I'm not like judging myself and my own answers and see if there are ways we can... You know, um, I don't know. What's some like car metaphor? Ramp up the program in some way.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ramp up, like uh, take to the next level. Uh, plus, yes. you know, <laughs> all these terms. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, it's like I, I think like the podcast has so much potential to be bigger than what it is, you know, and reach more people. And, What I've been struggling with is just having enough time just to record the episodes and get them edited and get them released, you know, let alone have enough time to do other things like actually pay attention to the Patreon and make hats or T-shirts or redesign the logo or, you know, make the website better or, you know... Even things that Timothy used to do when he was on the show, like he used to do this really great thing where he would separate the years of the podcast on, on the left hand side of the web page. So you could be like year one, year two, year three, year four. And since he's left, I have not done that. <laughs> so it's just stayed the same since he left. And it's like, OK, I should just figure out how to do that. Email him so he can tell me and just do it on the on the thing. Um, But, you know, it's like there's only so much time. I'm trying to make a movie. There's there's a lot of stuff going on, but... Now that you're here, I, I don't know how web-savvy you are or anything, but... Uh, I can
1: use Squarespace if, or, like, basic things like that. Word,
0: a WordPress, maybe?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a WordPress website for a few years. I can do those kind of things. Share the load. I'm here to help, and... Awesome. I think this podcast has... Um, well, clearly, I think it's the best podcast, but I also think it's oh. the best title for a podcast. Oh, and really? I think, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, come on. Making Movies is Hard is a really good title. So, I think... <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) I think we need to exploit that even more. So March March could be very fun, but let's not, I'm also wary of, the great campaign that just shoot it is doing with their, um, hats. So we have to oh, like, yeah. figure out a way to not overlap with their cool efforts, but we'll figure it yeah. out.
0: Yeah, I have my just shoot it hat. I wore it on set in Los Angeles and I took a selfie with it. Um, so, you know, there you go. Much love to those guys. But, uh, yeah, we could do, we don't have to do hats. We could do, shoot. I love t-shirts. I'm a big t-shirt guy. Uh, I have a lot of different t-shirts. So t-shirt seems to be the uh, obvious thing for me, but maybe
1: final pants. I don't know. The, or what oh, are those, vinyl pins or, what are they yeah. vinyl or acrylic or whatever they're called the really cool ones those pins. that's like
0: know. super in right now to have all these pins i i saw two different films that did that for their crowdfunding campaigns the little um one's an animal pin was for one guy one podcast or one film and then another film they, i don't know if it was enamel they just did another pin but the pins that seems to be popular i
1: love those i love those goddamn pins
0: <laughs> so, yeah, maybe we'll do pins. Um, and I think they're less expensive, right, than than T-shirts, maybe, because they're smaller. Is that true?
1: <laughs> I have no idea. I know that, like, um, actually, this is a good segue to crowdfunding. When you do a crowdfunding campaign, you're not really supposed to put pins because they can easily puncture the envelope. And oh. also the weight of them might uh, surpass like shipping costs that are for just like a normal one stamped envelope. So oh, really? something for us to think about in terms of shipment. Yeah,
0: well that's a good, good segue because the main thing that, one of the reasons why we, we originally scheduled this this episode was because I have a million questions about social media, crowdfunding, like what I should be doing because I'm, I'm ramping up for the alternate, um, we're we're going to do a crowdfunding campaign I'm not exactly sure when now if we're going to do it in September or if we're going to do it in October or even after the film is shot in November I don't really know where that's going to be but I, I have my team together we're building all the assets for it um It's just that it kind of seems like maybe we're going to get some more money for production in from other avenues, potentially. So we might not need uh, crowdfunding for production, which is kind of nice. But I still think we're going to do the crowdfunding campaign. And we've like launched our social media, you know, channels and all that stuff. And we're trying to post every day. I, I did a really good job for like four or five days of posting every day on my social media. And then like. Yeah, I think it's sort of lapsed for a couple of days, but I'm, I'm going to get back on it. But these are the questions I have great. for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these are like things I'm like I have great anxiety about is like this whole, you know, how to build your brand online and like what you should be doing, and what you should not be doing. And, you know, the advice I got from a lot of people, including you early on, was like, OK, you got to start your your Twitter, You got to start your your Instagram. You got to get your Facebook page going for your movie. And then you should be posting on all those things, but then sharing through your own personal um, account through the same platform. So like, you know, if you post something on Facebook, you know, through the film, then you got to share it on your own personal Facebook. So like all your, you know, your network sees it or whatever. So that's sort of what I've been doing. Um... But then I heard other advice from other people saying that, oh, maybe you shouldn't waste time on like a Twitter like film, you know, account. Like maybe that's not a good use of time because like what's gonna happen? You're gonna get like, you know, a hundred followers on Twitter through your film thing your film account. And then is that really gonna help your film when you could just be, you know, just talking about it through your own social media? So Liz, I guess my question is like where do you land on this? Like what do you think is the most useful like time and energy to be spent um, when you're, you know, making a movie and, and doing a crowdfunding campaign? Like, where should we be putting our energy in social media?
1: I'm a little worried that I gave you both pieces of advice that directly contradict each other.
0: <laughs> you, well, you, you did. <laughs> but I think you were at different, you know, maybe different moments like where you're thinking different ways. But I'm, yeah, I'm curious, like, how do you feel about it Like now, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. What do you think the ultimate answer is? Or is there an ultimate answer? (laughs)
1: Um, Well, let me just quickly backtrack because I like to give people like the reason for my advice or where it comes from. Um, I don't. Actually, as of in two weeks, I no longer will be working at Sundance, but I worked at Sundance for three years and um, I was one of their crowdfund. I was the crowdfunding consultant for Sundance alumni, in addition to a bunch of other things that I did. Um, And at the time, we had pretty much an exclusive relationship with Kickstarter. So I'd walk, you know, probably at this dozens, if not Close to a hundred, probably lots, just lots and lots of campaigns, and I have like a hundred percent success rate. So that doesn't mean that I'm the reason all these campaigns were successful. Uh, but I will brag about it and will use it to my advantage. Is is my point? Um, okay, so back to your question, Ulric. Uh, I personally feel like you should have the plot like the channels up. All your you should have an Instagram, a Facebook and a Twitter all for your film, but you don't necessarily have to be constantly active on them. Oh. Because the majority of my advice is, like, you are the reason people are going to donate to your crowdfunding campaign, and you want those channels to be up so people can find the film on every platform, but ultimately the majority of your donations are going to come from your network and the people connected to your network. And, like, the whole Twitter thing – uh, it always ended up for me being just like a transparent, like follow for follow exchange and not really true grassroots uh, network. Building. Interesting.
0: Yeah. I had another filmmaker who's been on the show, Maria Mayaya who, um, did a crowdfunding campaign for Maria, her film for uh, Bring, Bring me, me an Avocado, Avocado. yeah Do, are you familiar with Bring Me an Avocado I
1: haven't seen it but I really like her we're we're friends on Facebook and Twitter oh yeah <laughs> she's, yeah yeah like, I think she's a real like I've actually connected with her via social media in a genuine way and she's really good at that
0: yeah that's one of the things that she told me so she she gave me some um, consulting on uh, my crowdfunding and sort of really, really hooked me up big time with like all her like tips and tricks of what she did when she was launching her crowdfunding. And one of the things that she told me was that she actually felt that a really strong connection to people through Twitter in a way that she didn't think was going to actually happen. So and almost like She didn't really use Twitter a lot um, during the campaign because, you know, she was focusing more on Facebook. And then, you know, when they actually started shooting the movie on Instagram and that was sort of where she put her energy. And then they did have a Twitter account, but she wasn't really focusing on it that much. And then it was like after she shot the movie, she spent more time on Twitter and really got to be into Twitter and now she said that she's like she just is like into Twitter, has made so many like really great connections with people on Twitter, made lots of great friends through Twitter, and really was like pushing me to be like, yeah, yo, put, focus on Twitter, like that's where it's at, you know, um, but and she that it can be more it, than right? just the fo- the 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 thing, the um, you can, it can be more than just like the follow for follower thing and you're right she didn't do it at first they had like an intern do it during the campaign and she told me that that was like a big mistake and that she she wished she would have put her personal efforts towards um, Twitter during during the the campaign you know Um, and it's also I think because it was during this hometown hero thing that um, Seed and Spark does, where they yeah. have like this 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 like con- contest of, of sorts, um, that's like run by the Duplass brothers, and I guess the Duplass brothers are huge Twitter people. So Twitter was where they were f- like spending all their time focusing on the different campaigns, and that that was where they weren't the most vocal. So they kind of felt like they lost out a little bit because they weren't in the place where some people were looking more intently, you know, on the during the contest
1: i mean it all depends on on you right like are you are you good at twitter
0: (laughs) do you tweet well
1: (laughs) um i was really (laughs) i love facebook i overshare on facebook all the time and that's where like i engage with people and i really like commenting and getting that engagement back and forth but um twitter i i don't i don't succeed as well on twitter and so that's why i don't point my attention there but um, I if she, so, did she actually get good amount of backers from strangers on Twitter? Did she confirm that?
0: Uh, no, no, I don't think so. At the beginning, I think it was because when they were actually doing it, they were. Um, they weren't focusing their energy. They kind of intern doing the Twitter thing basically during the campaign. And then it was till later when she really became into Twitter. And now, I mean, she's like super active on Twitter all the time now. Um, but I think mostly through her personal account, you know, but anyways, her, her, she was just saying that that it's a platform that you should really pay attention to because it's got like a really, you can communicate to a lot of people really quickly, really, really, you know, I don't know, in a direct way, I guess, was what she was saying, um, because, you know, so so many people interact with Twitter, you know, but uh, but I'm not really a Twitter person. Like, I use it a little bit, and I like it for now and then, but I definitely don't tweet like every day, um, and I don't have a humongous following on Twitter or anything, you know, um, but yeah, so I don't know. But I think, like, I'm just trying to be on it as much as I can and sort of just Embrace all the social media campaigns or campaigns, but all the social media, um, you know, platforms and just be on them more now, just as I get ready to like, you know, launch this thing. But I just think it's a lot know. of
1: pressure though. Like my big thing, I like I used to be <laughs> yeah, like, it is. You're right? it's like an insane amount of pressure. And like, I always made this joke before I made a mother, before I became a mother that I'm like everyone's Jewish mother. And now I'm actually a Jewish mother <laughs> and I just want to protect people. And so I just think like, oh God, don't overdo it. Don't feel the need to be on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook all the time. But yeah, I think you should try it out and when your campaign starts, see where you get the most amount of traction and focus all your attention there. Facebook was my priority and then um, I'm just – I'm a broken record about it but email marketing is the most important thing you're going to be doing during a crowdfunding campaign and and like I can break down that a little bit more but uh, it's the highest conversion And it's a way that you can track people and see whether they click on links, whether they're interested, whether they read your newsletter, and you could capitalize on that data like so much more than social media.
0: So talk to me about the email stuff. Like, how does that work? Are you talking about emailing people individually or are you talking about like setting up a newsletter and, and, you know, setting out a newsletter like email blast like once a week or something, or like, like, tell me like, how are you, how should we be using email for our crowdfunding campaigns?
1: I do both. I mean, first of all, it's been a few months, but I do run a newsletter for myself personally. And I got all those email, email addresses from, um, I talk about this a lot. So if this is annoying or redundant, let me know. But like, um, from film festival screenings. So I like pass around a clipboard at film festivals when I, when a film of mine is playing and I gather email addresses and I have about 14 to 1500 email addresses right now from uh, friends, family, and all those people I met at film festivals. And so I would encourage people to put as many colleagues on a MailChimp email list that they can, you know, Not people who like maybe are like high profile and like bosses or supervisors or people that you might annoy, but you know, like a good chunk of colleagues and acquaintances. And then you want to like tag team that with some personal emails that are not templates, that are genuine reach outs to like maybe hopefully that that number is like 100, maybe it's 50 to 100 people. And you would do a MailChimp newsletter once a week during your campaign. And then one week prior to your campaign, announcing you know a countdown that you will be launching a crowdfunding campaign. So it, there's a lot to it.
0: Wait, so uh, so you would do what, only fifty to hundred people on the the Mailchimp? Um, no,
1: that's uh, for the personal email. Sorry, so that's just like regular from your personal email address. That's like 50 to 100 individual emails. And then I would, oh, the okay. goal is to get to like 1,000 or more on your MailChimp email list and do that weekly. And
0: is that is there any crossover? So if like the 50 to 100 people, are they also on the newsletter chain or are they like just separate? Like those are just people you're emailing individually?
1: I think it's okay if there's overlap. I mean, people know it's a newsletter. You can see like the preview and your Gmail window that says like web version, Okay, you know, like, you know, you're being marketed to. Um, but you also want to be a little bit targeted to the people that um, you really know who are going to support you and back you and you want to let them know that, you know, you appreciate their their support in a way that isn't templatized, that isn't like this kind of newsletter format.
0: Right. So that's the 50 to 100 personal emails. And you'll send those during the campaign or before the campaign or both?
1: I won't send those until the campaign is live. I think the idea right, is right. people want immediacy. Um, and that's why when you, you, know, you promote the campaign on social media, you have to do it so often, multiple times a day, because social media is... Um, ephemeral. And it's just like short lived and speeds right by you. But email, you get a little bit more latitude. So that's why you do it once a week. And you do this, the majority of your reach outs are during your campaign when people are at work. They're in front of their computer uh, during that 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, when they're bored and they're looking to help someone out and maybe feel a little bit better about themselves that day. Yeah,
0: yeah. Do you, As far as the announcement, um, and I'm, I love this because this is the kind of stuff that I really want to know. So when you sent out your first email blast uh, to your newsletter, you know, people – and you're announcing the countdown of uh, to when the campaign's gonna launch. Like, how many days uh, do you do for that? Is it like a week, ten days, twenty days? Like, how much time do you give them to know that? Oh, this is coming.
1: I would do ten days to a week. I think a week probably is better, just because it could stay fresh in someone's memory. And then, you know, I'm pretty active on social media, so I might do a much longer countdown on social media, on Facebook specifically because Uh, that's where I'm at. So it might be like two months till my crowdfunding campaign and then, you know, one month and then 15 days, whatever it is, and I might have a lot of fun and goofy tone to those kind of posts that I don't like (laughs) irritate people too much.
0: Right. I was, I was thinking about doing that, like doing like, Oh yeah, it's going to be like in one month, like something's coming, you know? Um, But I wasn't sure if I should be vague and be like, Oh, like more more information coming in a month. Or if I should be like crowdfunding happening in one month, like what, if it was better to be specific or vague, you know, like what's the most exciting thing for people to see? Uh, So I haven't really said anything at this point. I'm just like, posting stuff you know either about the teaser trailer that we shot or about other sci-fi movies that inspired us or just a variety of different things and sort of that's what's being you know kicked out on social media right now you know and like old concept art and things that you know i maybe haven't really included like in my pitch materials but i have that's been made for the movie you know over the years it's just fun to share you know um yeah. But yeah, I I don't know. I haven't decided to I don't know. I'm not I'm I'm just I guess for me what I'm just not sure when I'm going to launch at this point. So I don't really want to announce like, oh, we're going to launch on September 1st and then we're not going to launch till like later. I'd rather like wait till I know when we're going to launch and then decide to like You know, do the announcement and everything. I
1: think that's super fair. I would, you know, when you're ready to announce, I would say it's a crowdfunding campaign. I wouldn't be too coy about it just because um, what I was always surprised by, and I think it's like my awkwardness and my like crippling low self-esteem, but it's like I just assume no one wants to give to my crowdfunding campaigns when I have them. (laughs) And then when I post on Facebook that I'm crowdfunding people that I really didn't think would even give one shit about the campaign will say things like, shut up and take my money or something like really sweet and supportive because people are wonderful and I shouldn't be so mean to them. Um, (laughs) And then I like, I make a mental note and I write their name down and I make sure that they get a targeted email or I make sure that they get included in a very specific reach out. So I think you can test the waters when you're ready as well.
0: So how many crowdfunding campaigns have you done for your projects um, over the years?
1: So I crowdfunded for my first feature, Bread of Butter, and then I did, a, and that was about $36,000 raised in 2012. And then in 2016, uh, right before I came to Sundance, I crowdfunded for my second feature, Speed of Life. Much smaller campaign. I think it was about 16000 And then um, I did not run this campaign, but I just supported the campaign of my third feature, but that was Seed and Spark for Lady Parts. So I've been a part of... You know, I did the campaign for two features, supported a third campaign and then consult on a bunch.
0: Wow. And so the first two, were they both Kickstarters? Yeah.
1: And I love Kickstarter and Kickstarter is like the majority of the campaigns I've worked on at Sundance because we had an exclusive relationship with Kickstarter for a few years. Uh, and then I tried to do with seed and spark, you know, with with Lady Parts, which my um, my producer and actress, Devin Seidel, ran. And I was pleasantly, you know, I was pleased by that whole platform and the way they worked, the feedback they gave. So I've been pretty happy with both of those.
0: And then when you did um, your first one, Bread and Butter, you raised $36,000. What was your goal?
1: I think it was thirty. 35- five like it was just like a few thousand more and I was just I actually just spoke in um where was I in Miami with Liz Cook from Kickstarter and I got to like hear her give some advice to some filmmakers and I guess statistically speaking most people raise like 110 or 111 it's like over a hundred percent of their goal is is like on average um, what people raise.
0: Right, right. It's just like a little bit more than than what they ask for. They're not doubling their goal very often. Right.
1: And basically, Kickstarter takes you know five percent. Um, of what you raise. And then the credit cards are about three to 5% those stripe fees. So you could be looking at 10% of your goal being taken out um, once you raise it. And so it's always good to kind of hedge your bets with raising more than 100% of your goal.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, And why did you go for far less money with your second crowdfunding? Was it because you felt like, you know, you raised a lot the first time and you didn't know if you could raise that much the second time? Or was it just because that was the amount that you needed to get the, the film made? Like, what was the motivation behind that?
1: It's never the amount needed to get the film raise. It's always what you think
0: <laughs> you can <Right>. raise.
1: <laughs> like right. I did not make a movie for, for 16,000. I know a bunch of people can and I respect them and adore right. these people, but I can't do it. Uh, so I, yeah, I was really afraid of going back to the well, as they say. And then I had stretch goals. I was hoping we'd raise like 40. Like that was the goal to like set it for 15 and raise 40. But once we hit 15, it was like no one was interested in a stretch goal. Like everyone was like, or I didn't communicate it properly. So, um, we we hit the goal with like a week to go and then just slowly climbed slightly
0: above uh, interesting 15. yeah I just had a guest on the show recently who um, was doing raising money for a short film and he got his goal was 10,000 and then I think he got to 20 um, by oh, the wow. end so he doubled his money and that was really impressive and I think he got to 10 like with a week or so left or maybe there was a little bit more than a week and then you know like yeah he just kept on hustling and made it happen so that was really cool to see you know um but i'm not sure why he had such success maybe it's you know he had a good network he had a good team with him or if it was just the right movie at the right time or i don't know i mean i feel like a lot of it is kind of magic in some ways how it happens but or maybe it's just you know good data (laughs) i I don't know
1: well when I when I consult on a campaign, usually if it's a feature, I don't like people trying to raise more than twenty five. If it's a fiction feature with no like niche audience and they haven't proven to me that they have like a massive network, I really don't like them going beyond twenty five for a goal. And then if it's like a documentary with like a real niche audience with like thousands of people on their email list, like seventy five is what I usually see. And then for shorts, it's somewhere around like. Seventy five hundred to fifteen thousand, um, and this is just like all off the top of my head. Wow! But what I've kind of found is like, I don't, I don't know if you feel this way, Auric, but like someone will ask you like, how much do you think you could raise? And you'll have this kind of like instinctual feeling of what you can raise. And and maybe it's just kind of like this tiny little itch or a little flea in your ear that says like, I don't think I could do more than 10 or I could totally do 35, like whatever that tiny voice says. I, I think you should listen to it. I know it sounds strange, <laughs> but I think you should listen to that little crowdfunding voice in your head.
0: Yeah, I feel like I don't know if this is because this is what other people have done and what I've seen from other people, but it feels like 20 to 25 seems like the right number for us, yeah. you know? Um, but maybe that's just because I've, I've seen so many campaigns succeed at that number. One, one of my producers was like, oh man, like you could raise 50 easy with like, you know, this film and, you know, with your podcast and all this stuff. Like, oh, it shouldn't be a problem. And I'm like, oh my God, like... Unless you have three people with who are ready to, you know, invest five or more, um, you know, into the crowdfunding campaign on day one. Like, I just don't really (laughs) I just don't really see that happening. You know, that's a lot of money to to bring in for an unknown filmmaker for a sci fi feature, you know, um, with no stars or anything.
1: it's just like- it's i you know and why do that to yourself you know like you could hit 25 and you really could p- push for stretch goals in the way that i never did with my second campaign and then i just remember how hard 35 was and that was in 2012 at like the peak of crowdfunding so i just right. i always like people to play it conservatively and safely Because I'd much rather them have money in the bank.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, the other thing that this might just be my false sense of, um, you know, confidence. But like I did a crowdfunding campaign also in 2012 for a short film. And it did did very badly. But it was because I didn't know how to run a crowdfunding campaign and I didn't put the right energy or prep into it and didn't put the right amount of focus on into it when It was live even, you know, like I didn't send enough emails. I didn't do enough reach out. I just kind of like I thought I was doing a lot of work. But then after the crowdfunding ended and I started to do more research on crowdfunding campaigns later, I started to see what you actually had to do for a crowdfunding campaign. And I hadn't done any of those things. And I had basically gotten and asked for twelve thousand. I got to seven on my own and then I just goosed the rest just because I didn't want to lose that seven you know and then obviously I ended up you know having to eat those fees and those costs and I promised t-shirts and posters and you know of course all that money you know that sucked up a lot of money that I didn't have for it too so I probably ended up like with five thousand dollars for the actual short film after all that you know time and energy and you know, money that I put into it, but it was a good learning experience and that was, you know, whatever, almost like, well, seven years ago now, almost. And so I feel like my community is probably ready to support me on another crowdfunding campaign, especially with a feature film and especially with something that I've been working on for so long and that I've been vocal about for so long too on the podcast. I've been talking about this film forever. So I think like, I don't know the, 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 The chance to get a lot of support is pretty high, you know, but um, at the same time, I don't think that asking for more than 25,000 seems like a smart move, you know.
1: Yeah, you're in like the best situation, though, to be honest. (laughs) Like, I have heard about your film, yes, for years. Like, and the the key to this is like to have someone who's passionate, who's like driven, who's going to make the content they. for, you know, profess to make on Kickstarter or whatever platform you're using. And that, like, all you need is your community to just toss in a few bucks. Like, you are a, right. a prototype of the ideal campaign runner and you run a podcast. <laughs> so I agree with, like, the confidence of your producer, but I still think 50K is too high.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I also have a really cool teaser trailer that I'm going to be able to release with the crowdfunding campaign. And I did some cool stuff when we made it, like knowing that it was going to be for a crowdfunding campaign. So it's sort of like, you know, we're integrating the, the crowdfunding video into the teaser trailer in a way too, which is fun. Uh, so I don't know if it's going to be as cool and people are going to react react to it the way that I think they will, but I think it was pretty fun that we did this. And I basically took notes directly from, uh, the seed and spark people cause they were on the show a few, like a year ago and they were just saying, be inventive with your video, like do something that really shows people that you can make the movie that you're promising. And I kind of feel like we've done that, you know? Um, it's got visual effects. It's got like basically a scene from the movie like shot. And then, you know, with me and some of the crew talking like on set, basically. So I don't know. I think it'll be cool. But uh, I think, again, like you never know what people are. What people's reactions are going to be like, I could think it's the coolest thing ever. But then when you release it, like, you know, it could just land with a thud. You never know. <laughs> I, I um, doubt
1: it. It will land with a thud. But I'm a little bit. Um, uh controversial in my opinion about crowdfunding because I I think I actually got in trouble with Kickstarter about implying this once. We were like at a lunch and I was working at Sundance and I was talking about how people should run campaigns in a very emotional way. And I think that that, uh, they did not like that because they didn't want to think their platform was one for wasn't like a cool brand, I guess, or like associated oh, with desperation or something, um, and I I couldn't never get past that conversation I had with them. But, like, for me, when I donate to a campaign, it's not because of the project. Like, I'm really glad you have a badass video, and you need to have, like, a polished video that shows you know what you're doing as a storyteller. But I always donate because I like the person and I want to help them. And it's always about the individual and and rarely about the project.
0: Mm, Interesting. So it's, it's the people, it's not the movie, is what you're saying.
1: Totally what I'm saying. And I know, I think Kickstarter disagrees with me because I've I've heard them disagree (laughs) with me and I'm sure every other platform would disagree with me. But my experience is that when I run crowdfunding campaigns, people are giving to me because they know I'm like incredibly neurotic. If I don't raise the funds, I think some of them want to calm me down. I think some of them like are just being like wonderfully kind (laughs) individuals. Like I, this could be my skewed view of the universe, you know, coming to play here, but it really feels like all the, all the donations are from people who are friends and family who, who care about my mental state and want. (laughs) what this is gonna sound really weird it makes me sound really unhinged but just are just being like really wonderfully generous with with one gesture and i don't see them as necessarily long-term audiences but um that's not how we want them to be we want them to be long-term audiences but in my experience they aren't necessarily there
0: oh so you feel like it's more just friends and family and people who like you who are supporting you and it's not people who are going to be watching your movies for years and years to come necessarily that it's just more like the liz fan club basically
1: well i that's incredibly presumptuous it's more like um, pity. I think. I think it's more <laughs> like, yeah. Like I really want to phrase this in the right way. It's not like, oh, I think people like me. It's like I think people see that well, I like no, really but... care, and they're like, oh, fine. Let's like maybe she'll shut up if I donate five dollars. No,
0: I I think that's like a valid thing to say though. It's that lets your it's the people who who like you as a person who maybe know you um, personally or friends or family or could even just people who like follow you on Twitter or, you know, are on your newsletter and look forward to seeing your newsletter every month or like listen to you on podcasts when you pop pop, pop up on podcasts, you know, it could be those kinds of people. Or maybe it's someone who's reached out to you for advice and you wrote them Like a really heartfelt response, and you maybe help them in some way, and then they feel like they want to give back. It could be lots of different types of people, you know.
1: I've realized like this is where our dichotomy is. Like I believe all things are motivated by guilt and pity, and like you have this like (laughs) wonderful view of the universe, and this is where we come to like a head. Um, Yeah, maybe it's your theory. Sure, whatever. Um, I think it's probably my my theory. Um,
0: (laughs) That everyone just pities you and they feel guilty (laughs) that you're putting all these, this energy into a film, and they're like, Liz, poor Liz, let's help Liz.
1: <laughs> Maybe. I mean, that's, I know that funny. I give to campaigns to feel better about myself, and I don't know if that's why other people do it. But I always am like, this is going to make their day. I think they're going to be really happy that I tossed $20 their way or $5 or whatever it is. And I'm going to do it because I want that thank you, and I want them to feel like they know I'm in their corner. And that's why I give. So I just... I think the the opposite um, applies as well.
0: I give it to people who I feel like have really put the time in and the energy into their project and have really thought things through in a really smart way, and that like you can see their talent and their ability, and that they're offering something that you haven't really seen before or that's different, you know. Um, Or it could just be somebody who I really like their personality in their video. And like if they're talking from their heart and I feel like it's real and they're not like reading off a script or a teleprompter or. That they that they're like just spewing things that they think people want to hear, but they're actually just speaking from their soul. It's like those are the people that I respond to, and oh, that's so, I, I've given that's so
1: healthy. That's really like <laughs> I agree. That's what that's ideal.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just think it's like I don't know. I mean, and, and they in some cases like they don't even have to have a really impressive video. It it just needs to be. um if, it's their, if their soul is there, then that's good. But if they also have their soul and they have an impressive looking teaser trailer or whatever, then it's like a double whammy, you know? Um, but yeah, it's just when, when you feel like you're being sold to, I think that's when I sort of turn off. And then when you're just seeing things that they're like kind of saying buzzwords in their videos and like they're trying to use, I don't know. And it, and it, it just doesn't feel like they put the time in. Uh, and it doesn't feel like it's them. Then, then I, maybe I turn off a little bit, you know?
1: Well, this is our concentric circle because it's like, yeah, I want, I only give to people who I think have souls and the word I use also <laughs> is are humans, right? Like humans, right. If they're right. humans and they don't act like, yes, this marketing suit. I hate those people. Um, but like really are <laughs> right. like flawed and interesting and subtle. And like, you can see that they're passionate about their project. Yes. That's, that's where you and I absolutely overlap. And I, want to just offer like another piece of advice to campaign creators because it's what I mention when I consult with with Kickstarter backers or Kickstarter creators is do you know a private and a public thank you to all your backers because there are people like me who will back a project just for the thank you I never take an incentive I never pick a reward whatever it is oh really but like I think having like a private thank you and then that public thank you on social media where you tag the campaign and you tag the person you're thanking and you're doing the whole, you know, marketing thing is fine. But, like, having, like, a personal thank you within, like, an hour, if you can, um, to each people who each person who backs, wow. I think is vital.
0: And when you say personal thank you, are you talking about, like, just, like, a little personal email? Or are you talking about, like, a video where you're, like, they're talking to you directly? Like, what, what do you feel like is the proper... Thank you.
1: Oh, a video is really nice. No, I was actually just thinking an email to their email address outside of the Kickstarter forum because you usually get their email addresses if they're... Well, If I think you get your their email address at the end, but you should probably have their email address. No, at I think
0: point. you get their email address as soon as they back, at oh. least on Kickstarter that yeah. you do.
1: So I would send one outside of the Kickstarter platform and just say... But I don't know, you know
0: about others. You. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I... Video. I uh, I got that. I guess the one, the last one I, um, submitted to, it was, uh, through, um, gosh, what is his name? Ben, Benjamin Mulholland, who was on the show recently. And, uh, yeah, I backed his campaign after he was on the podcast and yeah, he, he did a video. Thank you. Um, but I I think it was like in his video. Thank you. was like a few different people, you know, but he like shouts them all out in the video. Um, So I thought that was a really sweet thing. Um, But yeah, I feel like what my plan is, is like when I'm doing this crowdfunding campaign, just to not be working at all during that time and just spend my time like on my computer, making videos, sending emails, just being super active, you know? And I think that would be really helpful to... um, to keep the campaign going you know and to really reach as many people as possible you know yeah um
1: people love um other people paying attention to them or maybe it's just me <laughs> i just like when people pay no attention everyone to me. likes yeah, that yeah, of like course um, um this guy named jonathan and i i love him and i'm worried that i'm gonna get his name wrong on the back end oh maybe i should just not say his name what if his name is not jonathan Okay, this guy that I (laughs) know who ran a crowdfunding campaign did the best thing ever. He used Facebook Live and he said, it's Friday night, any donation gets a song sung to them. And he had like wigs and boas and all these things. And he just asked for requests, used Spotify and lip sunk. To requested songs for any donated amount, and honestly, I just started donating money just to get wow. like songs sung to me. I loved it so much.
0: Was he a good singer?
1: Well, I I'm phrasing it wrong because he just did lips. He just lip sunk. He just like oh, you know. Okay. But um, he like was a fabulous performer, and it's that thing where it's like someone's looking into the lens at you, and it's for you, and it's free for him, and I got to hear like. That Ain't no way to treat a lady by Bonnie Raitt for three minutes like I had a great time.
0: So so you would say the song that he that you know you would name the song and then he would lip sync that song directly to the camera, you know, to the for each backing he got.
1: Yeah, he did like a whole dance performance. And this was all improvised. Oh, wow. And it was for yeah any amount. And it was within like 10 minutes. Like I messaged him. He thanked me devoted his Friday night to this. And then within 10 minutes, he exported a video and also put it on Facebook Live and tagged me.
0: Oh, my goodness. Wow. And was he the, the director, writer and star of this thing or just the director? Or like, what was his role? He
1: was the director. And I, as far as I know, he's not an actor.
0: <laughs> so, so he was just a director. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing.
1: I love uh, it yeah. so much.
0: I don't know if I'll do that. I mean, <laughs> I do. I did do lots of, uh, you know, like, performing a weird Al in school when I was younger. So I definitely have that performance spirit in me somewhere, but um, yeah.
1: Okay. (laughs) I don't know
0: if I would do that.
1: I mean, that's another piece of advice I give is like rewards need to be digital, customized, no shipping. And what if you I mean I'm now I'm getting you in trouble. What if you did weird owl performances, video performances for like, you know, thirty five dollar backers? Oh my god, Alric, come on, come on, come
0: on, Alric. <laughs> I do know uh Like a Surgeon very well. And I do know <laughs> uh Fat very well as well. Um both ones I did I think in seventh grade for my class for show and tell. So uh <laughs> Yes. I, I could do this. Um, yeah, and, that, and that's one of the things I've been struggling with is like what, what perks to offer because I'm I'm so used to like the t-shirt poster like sort of idea, but I know that's like a no-no and that we're not allowed to do that because it's just going to be too much time and too much money. And, and then someone was telling me recently that like they don't even think people like those, that like those um, are just like physical things that you get sent but that you don't actually want and that you end up throwing away most likely yeah
1: i don't like those things at all i think they're it's like it's an ip that you don't even know if you like it yet or not and you're gonna carry it around i don't know if that makes any sense um i did um uh i did like a cheerleader letter for my most recent campaign where i was like i will write a one-page letter single spaced on why i like you and why i want you to have a great day and it was maybe Uh. 10 to 15 dollars but it's like that just cost me time and energy it's you know it's valuable to them because i get to express you know an honest opinion of why i love them i think is is valuable to some people they need to hear that um and it made me feel really good to celebrate another person so it's super dorky and woo woo But like those could be some rewards, you know, lip syncing, letters, stuff like that.
0: (laughs) So you'd write a letter to someone you you didn't know about why you love them. That was like one of the perks.
1: I mean, it only happened like three times. And I would (laughs) and I would really like really like pull from um, very little material. I'd be like, it looks like from Facebook that you are from Florida. I love Florida. Florida people are great. Like I would just like really expand it. Um, But it worked. And then also you have a podcast what if like
0: you know 200
1: (laughs) hundred dollar donations or you know back you know people back to certain amount got to be a guest on on the podcast like that's amazing yeah yeah
0: that was an idea that was one that we were i was thinking of was like yeah especially like be a guest on making movies is hard making movies is hard shout outs on the show um you know stuff like that. that that could be fun um Yeah, but I love this idea of personal letters, the link lip syncing, I think is really fun. Um, What else? Uh, I don't know. What other ideas do you have? Oh, mixtapes.
1: Yeah, I mean, not a mixtape. I do like a Spotify secret playlist. I ask someone, I say, give me your top three favorite songs or genre of music. And then I make them like a 10 to 15 private, customized, digital mixtape of songs that I think that they would like
0: interesting and then you just pull that off of again social media of like what you think they'll like based off of you know who they are online or do they give you like a prompt or
1: oh, I ask them. I email them. I say, what you, you know what do you like and then i'll I'll make a tape for you or you know a playlist for you and that's super fun as well. and I've always wanted to be like a DJ. So it's like you could be a DJ for, like, a bunch of people.
0: (laughs) And how many of those did you end up doing?
1: Um, Well, the first Kickstarter campaign, I actually did CDs. And that was for, like, a lot of people. And it was exhausting. Uh, So that was maybe like 30 people. I mean, it's probably around 30 for both, but it was so much faster to do one um, on Spotify. Like, oh my gosh. That's
0: a good idea. Okay, so what other like crowdfunding tips do you have? And and I guess before we get to the crowdfunding tips, I I wanna know like what you think about platforms. Like I know you said you've done a ton of Kickstarter. You have a little bit of experience with seed and spark like do you have a strong opinion on which one's the better way to go
1: wow i mean i actually really it's because like i now know the the team from both platforms really well so i feel like i'll get in trouble if i support one or the other um <laughs> i enjoy the momentum of the all or nothing approach i think And I think Kickstarter has a really great discovery. Um, For my first Kickstarter campaign, the story I like to tell is a true story where this fabulous guy found us on Kickstarter, like the discovery page, and he held a garage sale. And this was like in our honor and then donated all the proceeds to us. And this was a stranger. So I had actual strangers really get invested in us on Kickstarter. And that was again, seven years ago. So I think that any other platform would have that potential, but I've only had that experience on Kickstarter. So I just really have a lot of loyalty to them. Interesting. But yeah. Steven Spark gives like fabulous campaign feedback and Jerry who used to work there is just like a peach of a human. Um,
0: yeah. So. Jerry's great. He was the one who was, who was on the show, um,
1: oh, Jerry. which was really
0: awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I saw I would, I've been struggling with this and uh, going back and forth between Kickstarter and Uh, seed and spark and the reason why i feel really strongly pulled towards seed and spark is because they are for filmmakers they exist for us you know it's our platform you know and i feel like there's something special about that and i also feel like they have um their own community that finds projects through seed and spark so like the other people who Um, are looking for independent films to, to support are on that platform trying to find interesting projects. So just the way that like a Kickstarter stranger might, you know, come across your platform and support, it's like the same thing could happen on seed and spark, but just in a more focused niche way, you know? Um, But on the other hand, like I've done my own Kickstarter campaign years ago, I've backed probably at least a dozen Kickstarters, uh, you know, uh, you know, what Kickstarter pro- projects uh, over the years. So I've, I've been on the platform and been active on the platform for a long time. Uh, there's been a couple other Kickstarters that I've been a part of in a, in a one way or another that I didn't run, but that I was like involved with. So I just, you know, a lot of ways it's like, it makes sense for me to just go with Kickstarter again. But I think I've decided to, to just go with Seed and Spark just because I want to give them a shot. I, I really love what they're doing. And I think that As a filmmaker, it should be the platform that you use because it's designed for us, you know, and Kickstarter is lots of other things for lots of other, you know, people and creators and entrepreneurs and everything. And I think that's wonderful. But I think that, like, you know, if there's a platform that's for us, us, us as filmmakers, that's the one that we should that I want to be using, you know? I mean, I'm yeah, on board. Maybe, maybe I support it's... you. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it's the wrong decision. I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think uh, we'll just find out once uh, the, 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 the crowd, the campaign launches and all that.
1: Well, if you do do seed and spark, I'd recommend you touch base with um, this really cool lady named Brie. I think it's Castellini. I okay. did say her name wrong, but she's a crowdfunding consultant for them now. And what I also love about Seed and Spark is just, like, I mean, everyone is obsessed with Emily Best, but, like, I personally know her because she became, you know, I became a mom around the same time she had her second kid. So, like, now we exchange parenting tips, and I would want to support her in her venture. Um, But but Brie... I, w- I think would be a good person to talk to, and we can connect you to her if you want.
0: Oh yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, we're we're building the um, page right now on Seed and Spark, and you know, starting to fill in all the information. And I've got, um, you know, the video almost done or at least a draft of it almost done ready to you know send in hopefully um soon for them to look at and take and see if they think it's as good as i think it is um you know so those things are all happening but uh yeah i'd love to be putting t- in contact with Bree um because i don't think we have a person that's assigned to us yet or anything so that would be helpful so liz what do you think about this whole crowdfunding thing like do you feel like this is a way that filmmakers need to raise money for their films now? Like just crowdfunding is like the go-to, or do you think that it should be used sparingly only for certain projects? Or do you feel like it's, it's had its day, like crowdfunding is going to go away? Like what, what, what's your opinion on the whole thing?
1: I love it. I love it. I truly believe in it. I think that as a society or culture, whatever you want to organize us into, we should be supporting each other and our passions and, I always think about the time before I made bread and butter and the time after, and I just feel more whole as a person after I made my first feature. And if we can all kind of contribute to that kind of personal satisfaction then I think we'd have a happier society. So like my love for crowdfunding goes real deep, like into principal territory. Wow. I I meet with European filmmakers quite a lot and I talk with them about crowdfunding and there's like a very interesting, in the filmmakers I talk to, a discrimination. And they would say things like, why should I be funding my sister, my brother, my friend's art project? That's for the government to do and it's just this completely different way of working and we just don't have that in the US the you know the the support from institutions in the US is lacking and so we need to step up and help each other and and also just financially distribution is a horrific situation right now and <laughs> right. if you can like you know lower your overhead by running a crowdfunding campaign I, I think it's super smart yeah
0: yeah yeah i i totally agree i think crowdfunding is a really great tool um and i think that you know if that's what we have to do to support artists you know if that's the way that you know certain films and certain projects are going to get made like i think that totally is is fine you know uh i just I don't know if I would go back to it every single project that I do but I guess you have for all your movies so maybe that maybe that isn't uh, uh, something that we should be afraid of maybe we should just be ready to to use it as the way to get uh, films done or or you know even art projects if you are an artist you know um, because that that's Where else is the money going to come from at this point, you know?
1: Yeah. People I'm sure ask you, they ask me all the time and they say like, how do you find investors? And it's like, I, I could tell you how I met each one of my investors. It's not going to blaze a trail for anyone and it's not replicable. It's like, look, it's randomness. It's who, you know, and there is, you know, in my experience, I, a financier or a, Traditional investors never been interested in my projects, so like, how else am I going to make content? I self-fund with my credit cards, which I really don't recommend and my parents don't know about, <laughs> so don't tell them. Um, and, oh, that's funny. And I crowdfund, and I use the money I made from my first film, and I put it directly into my second film. Because how else am I going nice. to keep making movies? This this is how we do it.
0: And then here's a question for you. And this is sort of off topic, but I'm just curious. Like, So with your first film, were you able to pay back your investors from the money that you made? And then you also had profit on top of that that you were able to take into your next movie? Or were there no traditional investors on the first one? And it was just like you plus your crowdfunding.
1: Well, um, I was 75% in owner slash investor of the first film. So all the money came in. I got 75% of it. So that 75% of the revenue went to the next project. Nice. I did have two traditional investors in bread and butter. And I think right now they've about been paid back. I think they're made whole like right now, but honestly it's like, it's like inches. I'd say like they're inches to it or inches from it. Um, I still have to figure out that financing, which I shouldn't say on a podcast. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so um, we're about to be in the black, if not just barely in the black.
0: Wow, Uh, and then I guess the main question that all the filmmakers would wanna know just relating to this is, are those people gonna be future backers on a a future project? Or do you feel like after that one experience, they're like, okay, you know, not right now.
1: Uh, one of them was on board to invest in the second feature and then pulled out because she decided to buy property instead. And then the other one, you know, very politely declined. But every time I send him a check, he's always like, wow, I'm surprised. Like he's always really surprised when we write him checks. So oh, it, that's funny. Yeah. So, he's always, um, so it seems like, you know, he was doing it as if, most of my investors come on in in part philanthropy i think and i think that's how we saw it right and in my second feature um i haven't approached those people for the third feature because i i think it's that filmmaker low self-esteem where you just don't want to like rock the boat and you know the film hasn't gone out to the world yet and and there's lots of awkwardness about that so um i'm not quite sure what to do there but they were seen the revenue potential in the film and that's why they did invest um in addition right. to like the pity as i like to mention <laughs>
0: <laughs> right but i mean i guess you know it's kind of hard to go back to them uh, while the other film hasn't even been sold yet so it's like you got to wait till that one's sold and then once that deal's in place then maybe it's easier to go back or n- or decide not to go back because you know you didn't recoup their investment or whatever Um,
1: Well, we have, I mean, I'm overseeing the distribution for Speed of Life. I just signed with a distributor the other day. Oh, congrats. Thank you. I'm doing, um, also, I'm working with a blockchain company to to do an exclusive blockchain transactional window for the film. Um, And then we're just working on um, international. So, like, they've been apprised to all of the updates and distribution. But it's not like, you know, that old world kind of like the film's going to be sold with an advance or an mg and like that money is going to come into the llc and all those fun things like there's no advance there's and it's just like we'll wait and see through marketing how much money we're going (laughs) to make
0: right right it's a waiting game uh so you didn't end up doing self-distribution for speed of life you you went with the traditional uh, distributor actually
1: so it's part it's creative distribution so it's part self and it's part with a partner i'm working with this company called giants and what they are is they're a distributor but they take a much smaller split than a traditional distributor and they have flexibility so i i'm retaining the rights to book my own theatrical which i'm doing and to do airline pitches which um i think that oh wow yeah so and i'm doing my one sheet for that right now and they're taking over everything else other than that blockchain Um, window for distribution and um, so it's not it is a combination of self and I knew that I couldn't pitch to Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime but they could and so that's mainly why I'm working with them and I trust them they're really good with marketing material and they're really good um, I like consulting and things like that. So I like them.
0: Nice. That's awesome. And then you mentioned your third film that you just did a crowdfunding campaign for. You were, you didn't do it yourself, but someone else that did it. So does that mean that your third film is getting made, that you have dates and that that project is a go or is it still... Kind of like in development, like what's the update on your third feature?
1: We have dates. Uh, I don't think they're necessarily real, as I like to say, <laughs> and totally <laughs> undermine everything everyone else does. Uh, you know, we're supposed to shoot in December, but we only have maybe 20% of the budget secured right now, and that's for production. Ah. So, you know, we're fundraising still, and um, but the script is is genuinely amazing. Written by Steve Sears. Oh, nice. And um, Devin Seidel is starring, and we're out to cast right now. I think it's just, I just started a new job, so it's like things are just still being shaken. They're shaken out. But, wow. you know, we have dates for the purposes of casting, and, and, we're gonna figure it out just like you though you have i think your entire budget secured at this point
0: well it's a close.
1: yeah you're close you're there <laughs> you're pretty much there we're a little I'm bit pretty much away.
0: there yeah i mean i feel like you know we've got yeah over 70 percent of the production budget secured so
1: oh that you're uh, there you're that's i amazing. feel
0: pretty good i mean you know secured committed you know i mean committed only means until you actually get the check it's like committed is committed but you know i feel like a good portion of that is in the bank and then the rest is like committed so as long as when the time comes those checks do get written i think we'll be fine but i'm sure it'll happen you know it's just yeah, uh it's
1: already happened yeah. it's done it's already happened made exactly movie.
0: Right, right. I mean, I just had a really great conversation with my producer like um, a week ago, and he was like, this is actually going to happen. We're going to make this movie. And I was like, oh, you said that? Oh, good. Well, then, that's, <laughs> then then me feeling this way isn't silly. And I've been meeting with my production designer like three or four times, um, you know, so far. We're meeting again tomorrow, and he's got a whole plan to how to build the set. We have our main locations. All we need is to lock down our cast, and that's... Uh, that's a whole nother podcast that we need to have at some point to talk about that because I'm, I'm sort of, I'm in the stage of writing my personal letters to actors and uh, I'm sort of like, oh man, I'm struggling with that because I don't really know exactly what to say. And you know, how much I should talk about how great they are and how much I should talk about the film or myself. It's like, I don't know. Um, It's just a, it's been a, it's been harder than I thought it was to uh, put my feelings down on paper, you know? Um, but I'm, I'm getting through it and hopefully I'll have my first one finished today or tomorrow. You know,
1: you just got to speak from the heart. It's just the same thing as a Kickstarter campaign video. I wrote, um, we were approaching this actress for a voice role in uh, lady parts today. And, um, someone who's helping, she's a consulting producer said, can you write just like, you know, a letter or one sheet explaining why we want her. And I wrote her this very informal letter, just being like, we love you. This is why I love you. And blah, 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 blah. And those are the kind of video, you know, those are the kind of letters that have um, really helped me in the past because actors are humans and they want to be spoken to like a human and they want to know that they're working with someone with a sense of humor or heart or, you know, blood pumping through their veins. But the person that suggested I write to this actress was like really put off by how informal I was being.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
1: She was like, uh, maybe we'll just write like a bullet points instead of this letter (laughs) you wrote and I I would I would say don't be deterred by the by the suits in this industry if you write like a well-written letter you know you don't have to talk too much about yourself you drop you drop a few things about why the film is important to you and how long you've been working on it but um but but if you show appreciation for them I think that's actually the most important thing.
0: Uh, do you do uh, ever do you, ever, um, do you give, like, give the synopsis of the film in the letter at all? Or do you just talk more about, like, let the other, you know, like, yeah. I mean, what do you include? I guess that's what I'm just curious. Like, what do you include in that letter? Do you include the synopsis? Do you include, like, a little bit about the movie? Or is it more just the personal stuff?
1: I think I have a log line in there, you know, or just, like, a very, very short yeah. synopsis. You don't want to be too wordy. Um, right. but I do drop in why this film, you know, why me, why this film and why them? Uh, right. and I, again, I think that including a picture of yourself has been incredibly helpful to me. Um, yeah. just being like, this is me. This is like, who is looking at you? If we were together and talking to you through the computer, um, And, you know, it shows that you're friendly and you're silly. And I think that's good too. You want to have a good fun set.
0: Yeah, I have a picture of my wife and I at our first, or I guess it's our second Star Trek convention, raising money for my first movie. Like we went to a Star Trek convention in uh, Star Trek uniforms, um, Starfleet, and then we had like little flyers for my movie and we were passing them out to, uh, to all these people. I think it was for the crowdfunding campaign and my wife actually got one in the hand of Brent Spiner, Data, uh, from Next Generation. Which was really fun. Obviously, I don't think he he didn't tweet about it. He didn't. I don't think support the film. But it was just it was really fun to like you know be there and like being re- reaching out to you know our heroes uh, basically w- about the movie and uh, and, it, and you know and that short film was had a little bit of a Star Trek connection. So it kind of made it you know like it f- was fitting. But yeah, there's a there's a photo of us that was in Vulture years ago um, talking about the movie and everything. <laughs> Um, oh that's so I'll huge. dig up that vulture's a
1: big deal. I mean that's like a yeah. good, you could be self-deprecating and also like humble braggy at the same time. That's perfect.
0: Right, right, right. So uh, I'll, I'll I'll dig that photo up and throw it in there cuz I think that'll be a fitting way to describe my personality. Uh yes. <laughs> at the same time, you know, getting it out to them. Um, I think, well, thanks, Liz. Oh, that's wait, really that's
1: quickly. helpful. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it was helpful. Um, I, I think there's a whole different way of looking at this. That's not my way. Right. It's it's like, sure. you know, playing it cool and not sharing too much and working, you know, the agents in like a very, um, suit like way. And that has benefited filmmakers for decades. And I think, I just I I never give that traditional route enough credit, but I just don't do things that way. So, you know, putting in a picture and writing these really what are trying to be genuine letters is one strategy, but there's a whole other strategy people can do. And I just want to acknowledge that this strategy might not be right for someone
0: right well you know I think that strategy works better if like you have lots of accolades to back you up like or money yours short film one Sundance yeah. or you know you blah 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 have this connection or you know whatever like you have like bigger things to put in that formal letter but if all you have is your personality and yourself um, you know, and your passion. Like, I think that's probably what's going to work better. And I think it's it's all your personality too, right? Like, you have to be the person who would write a goofy letter like that and, you know, have that be something that you're comfortable with. And I think I'm much more in that line than I am the suit line. <laughs> I just feel like, Good. yeah, you know, and you want people who are okay with that personality too. Like, you don't want to bring someone on set who uh, is going to clash with you being, you know, more enthusiastic and um, I don't know, energetic, I guess. I I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You don't (laughs) want to be, you don't want to have someone with like a massive ego on set who doesn't have a a sense of humor and can't hang. You know, it is a business, but it's also a collaboration. Right. So I, I think this is another one of our concentric circles, Ulrich, where we both <laughs> yeah. are little goofballs, except for you're quite right. tall and I'm very short, but we are go-
0: goofy yeah. balls. <laughs> We're goofy balls, but different size goofy balls, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So I don't know, any, any last thoughts on crowdfunding or social media or like what we should be doing as filmmakers to get our films out there? Or is it just speak from your heart and don't stretch yourself out
1: (laughs) oh yeah well those are i leave some my advice very very well in ways that i should have um i think the last bit of advice is to give yourself a break you know i say concentrate all your communications from nine to five monday through friday launch your campaign on a monday or tuesday morning spend your work day or you know your nine to five promoting the campaign don't freak out too much after 5 p.m. Don't freak out too much on the weekend. Don't give yourself a heart attack, um, but really use those 40 hours to the best of your ability if if you were able to. Obviously, if you're working a full-time job, not near a computer, there's a whole different way to run a campaign. Um, but have boundaries is what I'm saying. Like turn off at some point at the night, turn off at some point during the weekend and give yourself a break.
0: And how much time do you feel like you need to lead up to your crowdfunding campaign, if you're like, let's say you launch your social media accounts, like do you need three months of them being built up in order for, before you launch your campaign or does it really matter to you like when you launch?
1: Um I don't think it does just because again, I think unless you're really good at social media and connecting and have the time to build up a real substantial audience, it's going to come off a little bit as, as phony unless you have like years and years behind you on those platforms.
0: Oh, right. Um,
1: so I say, You know, get you can probably get all your assets together um, and run a campaign within a month's time.
0: Wow. Interesting, because what I've heard from other people is that like, oh, yeah, you need like three months minimum on social media, like, you know, posting every day, building an audience, you know. Like that kind of thing. But you don't necessarily think that's all that important? I
1: think people can see through that. I do. I mean, like we did something similar where we went on Reddit before my first campaign. And I had this fantastic like high schooler who wanted to volunteer for the film. And so we like tried to start conversations on Reddit. And like they didn't give a shit about us. Like it was so forced. Um, But then ultimately people responded most to the video and the email marketing and then my desperation which kickstarter would not approve of me using that word but it was true
0: <laughs> my desperation that's funny i would say your commitment and your determination yeah. you know and your passion <laughs> for your film yeah. that's the better that's the same thing but just worded differently um Awesome. Uh, I was just wondering wondering if there's any last thing. Oh, yeah. So you're saying don't worry about posting every day. If I miss a day, if I post like a few times a week on my social media campaigns, like that's fine. Like I don't need to be killing myself coming up with things to say every day. Well,
1: I want you to post on your personal channel every day, multiple times a day. What I'm saying is have boundaries. (laughs) Sorry. Have boundaries in terms of like the hours of the day. Give yourself an evening, give yourself a morning, you know. Take a lunch break. You were saying that you're gonna like not work during those thirty days or whatever. Right. So don't don't go crazy. And people will give you latitude if they donate at 10 p.m. They're not expecting a thank you within the hour at 10 p.m. You know, get some sleep. Is what right, I'm
0: but do it the next morning.
1: <laughs> yeah, do it the next morning. Yeah,
0: I have a lot of other ideas for like the crowdfunding campaign too. Like, I want to do multiple videos with different crew members. Like, go around and talk to different people and just like, because I'm gonna have that time. Like, I might as well use it, you know, and uh, and just pump out more content because I feel like the more videos and the more things that you release um, during the campaign, I think the more attention you can bring on to to it potentially. Um, but as long as it's new, interesting things and it's not just the same thing over and over again in a different form, yeah, you know? Yeah,
1: because people want to support your DP. They want to support your producer. They want to support your first AD. Like, whatever crew you have attached, they have a whole network. And I'm not saying, like, you know, exploit them. But they they are invested in the success of your crew members
0: as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, Well, all right. Well, this has been a fantastic episode. I could probably talk to you for another hour or so about other things, Liz, uh, because you're just a wealth of knowledge. But that's why you're the best co-host, because we could just have uh, episode after episode after episode forever. Which we will do, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) We should have read um, iTunes reviews. I've been really, really behind on reading iTunes reviews. So we have like probably, I think, at least eight to read. Um but we'll do that next time cuz it's already an hour plus and uh it's you know we have things to yeah, do.
1: Cool. <laughs> I'm writing it in my to-do list. Read iTunes. Review. See this is like going to be a part of the podcast ah, is like hearing Liz perfect. type on her to-do list. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Um all right. Well Liz, uh you want to take us out?
1: Oh shit, yes, I do. Um, okay. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Thanks for listening. Um, and thanks to us for being on the show. Uh, can check out our website. It's our website now. Oh, my God. It's our it's website. It's our website. Makingmoviesishard.com. where you can find links to all the things we talked about on the episode. Um, you can email us at uh, podcast at com. Uh, I'm at Liz Manishal on Twitter and Alric, where are you? I
0: am, uh, Alric B on Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, you know, we're MMIH podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Although our Instagram needs a lot of love because I am not posting on Instagram at all for MMIH podcast. We can do um, you But those Liz, up. maybe you can help with yeah, that. Yeah, that, that, that would be great. Yeah. I'll give you all the login information. Cool. <laughs>
1: um, oh yeah. If you like the show, tell a friend tell a friend help us get the word out Yeah,
0: and don't forget the the review on itunes or stitcher those are really helpful oh and now we're on um what's it called spotify now too and i think (gasps) you can leave reviews on spotify uh so that's very
1: exciting yeah
0: yeah i don't know how many people are listening on spotify but uh it's there so that's good
1: (laughs) cool we did it
0: all right talk to you guys next week